Hi, I'm Ezra Fieldsmeyer. And I'm Marty Harding, and welcome back to another episode of Animation and Beyond. Yes, and on this episode, we're talking about love and romantic couples for Valentine's Day. Yep, that's right. Valentine's Day is in five days. We're looking forward to it. And in honor of the special holiday that celebrates love, we're going to talk about some of our favorite couples from movies throughout the years. Yeah! But before we get into those couples, we're going to talk about a word of the day. I got this right here, man. It's time for word of the day. New words you can say. New words for your rhymes and for your wordplay. By the time you leave this video, you'll be smarter than you was before. It's time for word of the day. New words you can say. What's our word of the day, Ezra? Drama. What does this have to do with Valentine's Day? Because often people think of drama as love and romance. Yeah, and oftentimes plots involving love and romance contribute drama to the overall film. Yeah, that's right. Where does the word drama come from, Ezra? Oh, it comes from a Greek word from the 16th century, via late Latin, from drawn, meaning do or act. Got it. So that makes sense because drama to me is like a combination of, you know, intensity and emotions drama the drama of the film is going to be the stuff that makes you feel a certain way and feel that in a more intense way than you're feeling it the rest of the time you're watching the movie like giving you for instance chills or goosebumps in a way or even tears yeah totally can you name a scene that has drama in it that would make you feel one of those emotions the um silent scene of carl and ellie and up or the lion king when simba and nala fall in love in the can you feel the love tonight number absolutely that song is super dramatic it's got huge swells it's got a lot of emotion i get goosebumps every time and when it comes to romance drama enhances the romance yeah all right so we're gonna talk a lot more about some drama as we get into our feature presentation <laughs> All right, yeah, so this week we are going to make our way through some of our favorite couples, starting with couples that are already together when you start the film. So these are oftentimes the parents, the mom and dad, the established characters that are a couple and that are in a relationship right from the very beginning. Who do you want to talk about first, Ezra? Let's talk about um, Pongo and Perdita from 101 Dalmatians. That's right. They are the parents of the many Dalmatians that ultimately get taken by Cruella de Vil. Yeah. And what role do they serve in the film? The central characters? They're the ones who encounter the conflict because they lose their puppies. Yeah, when, and they go out with something called the Twilight Bart to report to everybody about their lost puppies and they get help from them to find them. And they fell in love and got married in the beginning along with their owner's Roger and Anita Ratcliffe. Yeah. And so what is the value of having them be already together throughout the whole movie? That they're in love and they're together and to work together to get help and to to rescue their puppies. Yeah, they're kind of like a heroic partnership, except they're all they also happen to be a romantic couple. Um Woody and Bo Peep in the Toy Story movies. Yeah, Woody and Bo Peep. They also work together to be heroes. Like in the first two movies, though, more of that in the fourth. 
yeah, it's not until the fourth that we really get into their partnership. But what's interesting about uh, Woody and Bo Peep is that unlike Pongo and Perdita, Woody and Bo Peep are really different characters. Like Woody is obviously a hero. He's a cowboy. He's an old vintage cowboy doll. And Bo Peep, she's not actually a toy, but she originally came from the lamp of Andy's sister, Molly. Yeah, so she's more of a statue. And then they wind up being a couple because, you know, Bo Peep kind of provides all this reassurance to Woody, which he needs in order to complete his heroic acts. And she got given away a long time ago, and for years he's been looking for her. Yeah, so their relationship kind of is a source of conflict for Woody as well. Yeah. Another film with a pre-established couple is The Incredibles, which is my personal favorite. I like them too. Yeah, both of those movies. Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl are also parents like Pongo and Perdita, but they struggle with their relationship throughout the movie as they're trying to, you know, fight the bad guys. I know, that's right. Because superheroics for 15 years have been banned and they're, they're forced to go into hiding when they are already busy parents with, with children. Yeah, but what do you think keeps them together? Hmm, like, like later in the film when they work together as a team to save the world and go up against the Omnidroid robot with, their, with Violet and Dash, their daughter and their son. Yeah, they're kind of bonded over their superpowers. And Mr. Incredible risked his life to, to go on secret missions where he finds his, big, his former biggest fan is now an evil villain and wants to become a bigger hero, even though he doesn't have real powers. Yeah, but him going away on that mission is kind of unforgivable in the eyes of Elastigirl. She wants him to stay home, and then she ultimately changes her mind. But that initial, you know, interaction when Elastigirl finds out what Mr. Incredible is doing is a huge conflict. Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl, those are their superhero names. Their real normal names are Bob and Helen Parr. That's right. Those are their alter egos. Yeah. But I think it's really cool that in that film... You know, their relationship as parents is a source of conflict, but it's not the main source of conflict. And ultimately, the main source of conflict causes them to overcome the difficulties that they have with each other and become a team. And along with their with their kids and they defeat the Omnidroid robot and Jack-Jack, who is revealed to have powers this whole time, defeats Syndrome, who ultimately meets his demise in a in the jet of a plane. So Ezra, let me ask you, Mr. Incredible and Elastigirl or Bob and Helen, why do you think kids were able to relate to them being adults? Because they just, they were born as supers and they had children who were born to be that way. It can't make yourself have one because when Buddy wanted to be incredible, Mr. Incredible sidekick, Mr. Incredible rejected him because he works alone and he can't make, it doesn't work that way. You can't just make yourself be a super. You have to be born to have powers. Yeah. And the kind of arc of that idea throughout the film is that these people have things about them that at first they're trying to hide, right? Yeah. That they're not supposed to reveal. And then by the end, they're kind of embracing their superpowers again. Yes. And then it's illegal, but they're trying to do it for their own good. Yeah. So I think that's the interesting part is that, you know, having to hide their powers at first is a very bonding element and is also something relatable for kids to these adults who are, you know, married and in relationship and are the heroes of the film. I see. Well, we forgot to mention one other one for established movie couples, Mike and Celia from Monsters, Inc. 
honestly, Ezra, I think their relationship is more to serve comedy than anything in that movie. What do you think? Like Celia calls Mike Googly Bear and Mike calls Celia Schmootsy Poo. Yeah, absolutely. All right, let's move on to the characters who get together in the film. Let's start with Shrek and Fiona in the Shrek movies. Shrek and Fiona might be one of the most famous animated movie couples out there. As well as among the most famous of non-Disney. And what what does their sort of arc of getting together... Like when Shrek rescues Fiona and Fiona's surprised Shrek didn't slay the dragon. And it's not the typical rescue one where a knight or prince comes, slays the dragons and rescues the princess from the high tower where she's been guarded. It's not your average typical one. No, it's not. She's rescued by an ogre and she is pretty upset about it, actually. <laughs> he was... He made a deal with the evil Farquaad to rescue her in order to get his swamp back where a bunch of fairy tale creatures were thrown into his swamp. That's right. And, you know, she's the only other ogre that he's seen, though, which takes him back. And he was revealed that she has been, the reason she's been locked up in a tower since she was little was because of, she was cursed by a witch. And at nighttime, she turns into an ogress and has green skin. Similarly to the Incredibles couple, they bond over this part of them that is, you know, makes them different and makes them and gives them conflict in the film. Yeah, I know. Yeah. And same with Blue and Jewel from Rio who have a conflict, but they fall in love later. And Dixit Felix and Sergeant Calhoun from Wreck-It Ralph. Those are also good examples. Yeah, they are. Most of these stories of people getting together are not the main plot of the film, which is interesting. What do you think is the main conflict in Shrek? Shrek has a bunch of fairy tale creatures thrown in a swamp from a from a greedy, nasty, tyrannical overlord named Farquaad, who who lives not too far away in a kingdom called Duloc. Yeah, so it's more of a personal mission that Shrek is on for the overall movie. And then him and Fiona, Fiona just winds up being a really fun character that's participating in his mission. And then the romance becomes a really epic side plot. <laughs> Farquaad is the one who's just the horrible evil one who who Fiona did not like. Fiona loves Shrek. She didn't like Farquaad. Yeah, Farquaad, he's one of those really, really unlikable princes that I feel like always pops up in movies. You know, you've got you've got the prince in Tangled. You've got the prince in The Princess Bride. You've got, you know, there, there are just so many princes that you don't want to end up with the princess. Hans from Frozen. Yeah, Hans from Frozen. And I think it's interesting that find that so often because princes are supposed to be likable. You want the prince and the princess to end up together, but then these kind of newer animated princes are all pretty unlikable. And the, and the princess winds up with someone else. Who, are, who they regard as their true prince. Exactly. Like Shrek. I know, yes. Now let's talk about another couple. How about, ooh, Lightning McQueen and Sally. Yes, in Cars, Lightning McQueen, when he... First ends up in Radiator Springs and he accidentally damages the road badly. And he meets Sally, the town attorney. When he first sees her, he instantly falls in love with her. He says, holy Portia. Reference to the model, to the car she is. It's just a clever pun. It is. But it's also kind of an important fact later because when they go for a drive, you know, she's a sports car too, ultimately. Portia's are sports cars. And so that's why she's able to keep up with Lightning McQueen. I know. And they go on a drive and they, and it's a kind of a beautiful scene. And Sally also offers Lightning to stay in the 
cozy cone that she runs. Mm-hmm. So she's the town attorney and the cozy cone owner. And she nicknames Lightning McQueen stickers because he has stickers and he's a fancy kind of race car. Yeah. And Sally as a character, yes, Lightning McQueen falls in love with her, but she's also kind of the character that's responsible for articulating the conflict in the film, whether Lightning McQueen should stay or go. Well, like when he and he fixes the road and he works hard along the way he makes some good friends and learns some important lessons starts off a little cocky and self-centered to selfless and kind yeah and sally articulates those lessons that he learns you know like when she gives him gas and then trusts that he's not gonna go drive away that was like the part where he has already learned some important lessons and it's represented by the faith that she has in him and during his race when most of his other friends are his or his pit crew and team, she trusts in him with the race and go up against that bully race car chick Hicks. That's right. So she's there. She kind of sees the good part of Lightning McQueen throughout the whole series. How about we go to probably the most central romance plot, Lady and the Tramp, from the iconic Disney classic. We got a few more in this category. Yeah, so with a lot of these films that we've talked about, like we said, the romance is a side plot. Even if it does have a big impact on the main plot, it's not the primary plot. That's not the case with Lady and the Tramp. This is a notable exception where this was an animated film made to tell a love story. Yes, there's Lady who's a dog owned by Jim Deere and Darling. And then she meets some st- a stray dog named the Tramp who's... And they came from two different places. Just like the plots of Romeo and Juliet or West Side Story. I know, but it's not a forbidden love story though. While Jim Deere and Darling are out lady was mistreated by cruel aunt sarah yeah this movie is really about what you can learn by falling in love lady leaves her home and she learns so much following the tramp around like when he finds a helpful beaver in a zoo who can take off the harness that aunt sarah put on her that's right and tramp is is about to be taken to the pound but then they go rescue tramp and lady and the tramp has one of my favorite love scenes of all time which is that spaghetti scene yeah so romantic and very mouth-watering too <laughs> it is a delicious romance scene with tony the that waiter who plays the accordion and his and his assistant and chef friend joe and he even busts out the accordion to make romantic music yes i know and i remember like peg the vampish dog voiced by the late singer peggy lee um, saying the song, he's a tramp, but I love him. Like saying what he does and how he's kind of sly, but how she really adores him for being who he is. You can gain so much from loving someone for who they are. Yeah. What a great film. Um, last one for this category, Hercules and Meg from Her- Disney's Hercules. That's right. Another film with a romantic plot that had great music. Like, I won't say I'm in love, which is an awesome song. Yeah. I remember, like, Won't Say I'm in Love, sung by Megara. That's right, when she's trying to deny the fact that she's falling in love with Hercules. Yes, I know. And she doesn't want to be a bad person like the evil Hades. Yeah, it's interesting because her falling in love is like a personal conflict of whether or not she believes in what love stands for, which is, you know, a vulnerability and a kind of goodness that she is skeptical exists. And Hercules becomes a hero and later she believes in him because of all the achievements he had of becoming a famous hero that everyone loves. Exactly. But really, 
the love that he's most excited about is hers. I know. And that, and I forgot to mention Wally and Eve, like when Wally falls in love with Eve, they meet each other on earth. Wally has no idea that this robot was sent to look for any sign of life on earth. Yeah. So in that one, Wally's love is kind of the inciting moment of the film because that's why Wally ends up in space is because he follows Eve. Yes. And I'm also going to say how this also implies with minor mentions of like Snow White, Prince Charming, Prince Philip from like Snow White, Cinderella, Sleeping Beauty or like Eric or Aladdin and Captain John Smith from like Little Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin and Pocahontas have characters who fall in love with them. That's true. These are just, I know we're not really talking about those are just minor brief mentions of those. So let's move on to some of the couples that aren't a couple in the first movie, but that wind up getting together in a sequel are Melman and Gloria from Madagascar. Yes, I know. In the sequel, though, they're revealed to fall in love, which in the second film, Gloria did meet a hippo who was voiced by Will I Am, the rapper and singer. Yeah, he was a funny character. I know. He wasn't really so much of a villain, though. He, just to Gloria, he was a bit of a jerk. Yeah, he was just a minor obstacle in Gloria and Roman- and Melman's love story. As part of the side plot of the second movie. Yeah, which I thought was fun because in the first movie, there really wasn't any of that. There wasn't there wasn't really a romantic side plot other yeah. than the lemurs, you know, falling in love comedically. And so it was cool that they took these friends of Melman and Gloria who really were just friends. I mean, Melman had a crush on Gloria, I suppose. Do you think Melman had a crush on Gloria in the first film? Not necessarily, but they were close to each other in the third movie as well. Yeah. But it was it was fun that they made it into a romance that the audience could really get behind. Even though he's a giraffe and Gloria's a hippopotamus. Even though they are totally different animals. <laughs> and then Buzz and Jesse in the Toy Story movies. Who are also entirely different characters. You know, that's an interesting one because everyone, I think, expected Jesse and Woody to get together as the cow people. Yes, but, but it was Woody who fell in love with Bo Peep and Buzz is the one who's in love with Jesse. Yes, and one of my favorite scenes is in the third movie when Buzz gets switched into Spanish mode and then he dances around Jesse. <laughs> yes, like, and like when they were trying to escape the daycare in, in the credits scene, like a Spanish version of the Toy Story theme song, You've Got a Friend in Me. Yeah, which I thought was really clever. Yes, I know, yeah. And last one we're going to talk about for this episode, Manny and Ellie in the Ice Age films. That's right. Similar to, you know, the other two we just talked about, there really isn't a lot of romance in the first Ice Age. No, they, she appeared in the second. Yes, and Ellie, who is a mammoth, doesn't realize she's a mammoth because she's a, she only thinks she's a possum because she was raised by two hilarious, mischievous possum brothers named Crash and Eddie. Which I think is just the funniest thing. <laughs> the idea that a mammoth would think she's a possum. And, they, and like Manny's trying to convince her that she's actually a mammoth. And she really isn't convinced until she sees all of the other mammoths. They are in love in the third movie where Ellie is pregnant and she has a baby and they name her Peaches and where she's a main character in the fourth and fifth movies. Yeah, a lot comes from that romance from the second movie. Same with some Martin sequels like Toy Story Shrek or whatever had characters or Despicable Me or whatever had characters who were introduced in the sequel who didn't appear in the original. Yeah, absolutely. So in this and all the other examples that we've discussed, 
the romances, the romance plots of characters provide new characters, they provide new story points, they provide comedy, they provide drama, like we talked about. Love is also what helps understand the plot. Yeah, it's an acknowledgement of a really powerful emotion that impacts people's decisions. Yeah, that's right. That's a great conversation about all our favorite couples. Well, not all of them, but most of our favorite couples from animated films. And now we have to make up for two weeks worth of trivia questions that we have not answered because we forgot to answer our trivia question last week. So we are going to start with our trivia question from Disney's Nine Old Men Part 2, which was... Um, What was the final Disney animated feature all of Disney's Nine Old Men worked on? And what's the answer, Ezra? Peter Pan. Peter Pan. That's really cool. That what year did that come out? 1953. 1953. So it wasn't very late because some of the Nine Old Men died pretty early, so that would have been the last film that they worked on. Yeah. And then last week's tri- trivia question was what kind of bird is red supposed to be from Angry Birds? A cardinal. A cardinal. I know, it'd be really easy to guess that he was a red robin, but he's in fact cardinal, which is in itself a kind of red. I wonder if it's named after, like, the Catholic person. That's a good question. Which came first, the bird or the religious figure? <laughs> like the chicken or the egg? It's an interesting question, yeah. All right, so moving on to this week's trivia question, which has to do with Valentine's Day, we're going to ask Ezra. Where did the term valentine originate from that's right when we say valentine's day what what do we mean by valentine so think on it figure it out have a happy happy valentine's day if you're not celebrating with an actual significant other you can celebrate with all of these couples that we talked about today during the episode who are great representations of love and drama so thank you for listening to this week's episode of animation and beyond And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye.